We're excited to announce that the Virginia Realtors Podcast Network is producing a second podcast. Real Politics offers a behind-the-scenes look at the work our government relations team does on behalf of realtors. They keep you in the know with legislative issues critical to the real estate industry and the Commonwealth. Real Politics offers weekly updates from the 2019 general session as they track the progress of the legislation that benefits your business. This podcast, along with Caveat Realtor, is now available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today for episodes delivered directly to you on Fridays. Real Politics is part of the Virginia Realtors Podcast Network. Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtor, where we discuss the real issues that Realtors face. I'm Laura Farley. And I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Laura. Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How was your Christmas? It was wonderful. Did you reminisce about when you were a little kid and getting to open all your presents? Yeah. I used to get this sweet die cast fire truck. It weighed about 20 pounds, and I hurt myself on it a lot, but it was awesome. It was, was a great it? toy, yeah. They don't make them like that anymore. They don't, but in some ways that might be a good thing. I mean, the, the solid die cast, it's probably a little sad, but covered in lead-based paint, maybe not. That's, I mean, that's a, a good segue into the topic, and now I'm concerned about all the things that I played with when I was a kid, so thank you for that. Well, I think you turned out just fine. Well, we'll see. All right, so as I alluded to and as John kind of caught on to, we're going to talk about lead-based paint today, and we're going to talk about some lead-based paint updates. We get a lot of questions about the federal lead-based paint regulation and the disclosure requirements and the form that you're required to use. So we thought it'd be good to spend a little bit of time talking about each of these. So let's start by first talking about the federal regulations. In 1996, HUD, that's the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the EPA, or the Environmental Protection Agency, enacted a final regulation for disclosing lead-based paint hazards in target housing. So target housing means any housing constructed prior to 1978, except housing for the elderly or persons with disabilities, unless any child who is less than six years of age resides or is expected to reside in such housing, or any zero-bedroom dwelling. This definition comes from a 1992 federal law called the Residential Lead-Based Paint Hazard Reduction Act. Wait, wait. What exactly is a zero-bedroom dwelling? That's a good question. HUD and the EPA explain what they consider a zero-bedroom dwelling in the notice about the final rule, and it's any residential dwelling in which the living area is not separated from the sleeping area. So we're talking like a studio apartment or something like that. Exactly. Okay. But it's not just studio apartments. Zero-bedroom dwellings can also include dorm rooms, military barracks, and rentals of individual bedrooms within a residential dwelling. So what does the law actually require? The law requires that the seller or landlord provide certain information to a purchaser or tenant. Using the federal lead-based paint disclosure form ensures that all of the required information is included, but HUD and EPA have stated that the federal form is not mandatory. So the required information must be disclosed before the contract is ratified. Failing to provide the necessary information does not affect the validity of the contract or the sale lease of the property, but it can expose the seller, landlord, or agent to penalties. We'll get to those penalties in a few minutes. Yes. In addition, there are also record-keeping requirements. Agents, sellers, and landlords must keep a copy of the completed disclosure and acknowledgement for a period of three years. So for sales transactions, that three years runs from the date of settlement. 
For leases, the three years runs from the commencement of the leasing period. And then the last requirement we want to talk about that applies to the agents is that any agent who receives compensation from the seller or landlord, directly or indirectly, is required to ensure compliance with the law. This means that if any portion of your compensation is from the seller or landlord's proceeds, you must make sure they are aware of their obligations and comply with them. So, John, before we move on, the question I have for you is, if I am the buyer agent or the tenant agent, and it's the listing agent that's paying me, does this apply to me? So when we talk about directly or indirectly or coming from the seller or landlord's proceeds, what we mean by that is that if you are the buyer agent or the tenant agent and the listing agent compensates you through an offer of compensation in the MLS, that's you being indirectly paid by the seller or the landlord. So on top of that, the law does say that so long as the agent has actually informed the seller or the landlord of his or her obligation, the agent will not be responsible for any information that the seller or landlord has withheld. So let's talk about what happens if an agent, seller, or landlord fails to comply with the requirements. HUD has the authority to impose civil monetary penalties, so basically a fine, of up to $10,000 per violation. The EPA also has the authority to impose fines up to $10,000 per violation as a civil penalty, and they can even pursue criminal sanctions. If a person knowingly or willfully violates the law, he or she could face fines of up to $25,000 per day of violation and or imprisonment for up to one year. Yikes. In addition to HUD and EPA, a buyer or tenant can sue anyone who knowingly violates the law. The law allows a buyer or tenant to receive triple damages, plus court costs, attorney's fees, and expert witness fees. So that's a lot of ways you can be liable, not to mention a lot of money, potentially. Absolutely. And that's why it's really important that agents, such as yourself, you make sure you know what your responsibility is and you comply so that you don't face those penalties. That's right. And one of the most frequent questions that we get about the lead-based paint disclosure form on the hotline, is, and while teaching as well, is about the purchaser's agent paragraph that's at the end of the form. As you all point out correctly... If the sellers are represented, it's not appropriate for you to inform the sellers of their obligations. But there's an exception here. The federal law requires you to inform the sellers of their obligations if you will receive any money from them. So in order to accommodate all that, we at Virginia Realtors updated the lead-based paint form on January 1st of this year to help ease some of those concerns. The language now says that purchaser's agent, in parentheses, if agent will receive any compensation from seller or seller's agent, has been assured the seller is aware of seller's obligation under 42 U.S. Code 4852D, or the agent has informed the seller of the seller's obligations under 42 U.S. Code 4852D, and agent is aware of his or her responsibility to ensure compliance. So let's talk about what that means. If you have a copy of the form that's been signed by the seller, then you know that the seller has been made aware of his or her obligations, and you can initial the box. Alternately, if you don't receive a signed disclosure form before ratification, you can reach out to the listing agent. The listing agent shows you an email that she sent to the seller outlining all of the seller's obligations, then you can be assured that the seller is aware of his obligations. But if you don't have the form and you don't feel comfortable that the listing agent has told the seller about his obligations, then federal law requires you to inform the seller. The law does not go into detail about what it means to, quote, inform, sellers and landlords of their obligations, so referring them to the EPA website that contains the information should be sufficient. Laura? Yeah? Let's take it to the legal hotline. Let's go. Take it to the legal hotline. 
More, the lead-based paint disclosure form has a line where the purchaser has to acknowledge that he has received copies of all information listed above, mm-hmm. but the seller has nothing to give. Should my buyer initial that blank? Well, when EPA or HUD audits those forms, one of the things that they're looking for is blanks that are not initialed. One way that we explain this when we get calls on the hotline or when we're teaching in person is that if the seller has checked the box that they have no reports or records available, then the buyer is receiving everything that's listed above, which is nothing. But to help address this, Virginia Realtors updated that paragraph on the form as well to add the word available. And remember, when we said before, you had to use the federal form or something similar. The the federal form itself is not required as long as it's got all of the required information. Right. That just has all the necessary wording. And so it's safest to use that because everything that you need is already there. Right. And so we've taken that federal form and we've just tweaked the language to put it in better English. Right. Things that will make people a little more comfortable signing. Right. So we haven't changed it. We've just tweaked it. Tweaked it. Slightly. Yes. All right, John. If a property built in 1952, so well within that target period, right. was demolished to the slab foundation with nothing but the foundation remaining, and then rebuilt in 2016, does the seller need to provide the lead-based paint disclosure form? After all, even though the tax records show the house was built in 1952, there is a certificate of occupancy from 2016 for the new structure. So they say that one of the ways to show your wisdom is to realize that you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And because we are at least somewhat wise, we realize that we don't know everything. And we get this question so frequently that we actually reached out to the EPA to confirm the answer to this. That was wise of us. That was very wise. That's a theme here. Uh, If the house was taken down to the foundation, so there are no walls left, and there's not a shed or any other structure that's painted on the property, then you do not need a lead-based paint disclosure form. The good news is that the EPA was easy to reach, helpful, and gave a definitive answer. So if your situation is slightly different, like, for example, some of the exterior walls are still standing, you can reach out to them and get an answer. You can call the EPA at 1-800-424-LED. That's 1-800-424-5323. And you can Google that and get that off of their website if you didn't write it down quickly. Right. If you don't have to go back through this podcast to listen just to get the phone number, you can go, well, if you want to. Absolutely. Feel free. Yeah. Laura, another question for you. What if the seller is a FISBO and I'm not receiving any compensation from him? Do I still have to tell him about the disclosure requirements? The law here is actually really clear. If you do not receive any payment directly or indirectly from the seller, you do not fall under the definition of an agent for the lead-based paint laws and do not have an obligation to tell the seller about their obligations. All right, John, final question. All right. What happens if the seller does not provide the disclosure form until after the contract is ratified? Is there a valid contract? Can the buyer terminate? So the law does state that the disclosure must occur before a buyer is obligated. It also states that failure to provide the required disclosure does not affect the validity or enforceability of any contracts. So the buyer can sue for the civil remedies allowed under the law. And remember, that's three times the buyer's damages plus attorney's fees, etc. All right, John, let's talk about some ways that we can have our agents, our members, limit their risk. Mm -hmm. So first, you need to know what your obligations as an agent are. Are you being paid by the seller? If so, make sure that you have ensured that the seller knows his or her obligations under the law. Make sure that all paperwork is filled out completely and kept for a period of three years after settlement or, in the case of a lease, the lease commencement date. If you're not sure whether the seller needs to provide the lead-based paint disclosure form because of renovation or reconstruction, 
you can reach out to the EPA or you can have your seller reach out to the EPA at 1-800-424-LEAD. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and please rate us. Members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline, where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab on the For Members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License. This episode has been brought to you by Richmond Simple Improv for Lawyers. We'll get you there.